0: And turn to the book of Ruth. We're studying through the Old Testament book of Ruth, right after the book of Judges, chapter 4. We're in our final two studies of the book of Ruth. Ruth 4. Verses 1 through 14, and you remember last week we studied chapter 3. Now Boaz had gone up to the gate and sat down there, and behold, the Redeemer of whom Boaz had spoken came by. So Boaz said, Turn aside, friend, and sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down, and he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, sit down here. So they sat down. Then he said to the Redeemer, Naomi, who has come back from the country of Moab, is selling the parcel of land that belongs to our relative Elimelech. So I thought I would tell you of it and say, buy it in the presence of those sitting here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, "'Redeem it. But if you will not, tell me that I may know, "'for there is no one besides you to redeem it, and I come after you.' "'And he said, I will redeem it. "'Then Boaz said, The day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, "'you also acquire Ruth the Moabite, the widow of the dead.' in order to perpetuate the name of the dead and his inheritance. Then the Redeemer said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I impair my own inheritance. Take my right of redemption yourself, for I cannot redeem it. Now, this was the custom in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging. To confirm a transaction Also, Ruth the Moabite, the widow of Machlon, I have bought to be my wife, to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance, that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brothers and from the gate of his native place. You are witnesses this day. Then all the people who were at the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. May you act worthily in Ephrathah and be renowned in Bethlehem. And may your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah because of the offspring that the Lord will give you by this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife and he went into her and the lord gave her conception and she bore a son then the women said to naomi blessed be the lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer and may his name be renowned in israel so far the reading of god's word what a story I hope you've enjoyed our survey through the book of Ruth. Last week we saw Ruth came to the threshing floor at night. And you recall, there the air was electric. And essentially, what does she do? You recall, she makes clear to Boaz, I'm here and I am available for marriage. And you know, I didn't comment last week on the fact that uh, Boaz actually congratulated Ruth for not going after the younger men. And certainly Boaz was very impressed with her moral character and her servant's heart, but clearly he thought she had a shot with the younger men. And whether it was her charisma or her beauty, he stands amazed that she would consider him one of the elders even to love. And she pursues Boaz, and now, now, at the beginning of chapter 4, during the long and probably sleepless night, Boaz figures out a plan in order to win Ruth. And when the sun comes up, he is there at the gate, ready to execute his plan. What do we see? We see the Redeemer obsessed to redeem His beloved. That's what we see. Last week, again, we saw how deep was His affection for Ruth and Naomi. He genuinely cares about them. He is generous to them. He desires her. He, as Naomi said, He will not rest until the matter is settled. And He comforts her. He provides for her. And today, he becomes her bridegroom at great cost and even risk to himself. He desires to be her kinsman redeemer. Now, that's not a term that those of you attorneys who work the estates and care for the estates of people, you don't run into this too often in estate law. But back in the ancient world, this was very important. And there's two parts to what's going on here. The first has to do with the term kinsman-redeemer. And I have not explained it because I knew we would come to this passage. But what's going on is that this term arises from the, the word for redemption. And in Hebrew, this person is called the goel. The goel is the kinsman-redeemer. And the biblical idea of redemption is that someone must pay a price, the redemption price or ransom sometimes for a person out of slavery, sometimes someone who is in poverty to buy back their land, as is the case here. And it's complicated to understand. I turn your attention to Leviticus 25. You see it on the back of your sermon outline, where it's actually explained. God says, "...the land shall not be sold in perpetuity, for the land is mine." He's talking about Israel during this season of time when there's a theocracy and God in his tabernacle dwells in the midst. So he says, The land is mine, for you are strangers and sojourners with me. And in all the country you possess, you shall not allow, I mean, you shall allow a redemption of the land. If your brother becomes poor and sells part of his property, then his nearest Redeemer shall come and redeem what his brother has sold. And it's from this text that we get this idea that the redemption of the land is so important, is so critical, and it is the moral obligation of the Redeemer to help the family, if he can, and to do it. Now the other thing that's going on here is the ancient custom of leveret marriage. Has anybody ever heard of leveret marriage? It's an interesting term, and in the ancient world, it arises out of the concern to carry on the family line in in that ancient world. And one passage that speaks to this is in Deuteronomy 25, verses 5 and 6. And the first time you ever read this, you go, whoa, really? In the ancient world. If brothers dwell together and one of them dies and has no son, the wife of the dead man shall not be married outside the family to a stranger. Her husband's brother shall go into her and take her as his wife and perform the duty of a husband's brother to her. And the first son whom she bears shall succeed to the name of his dead brother that his name may not be blotted out of Israel. And all I want to say here is that under certain circumstances, the kinsman redeemer has an obligation to marry the widow and raise up a child for a brother or a close relative who has died childless. That's uh, The whole point of this is so that his name would not be cut off and the inheritance that comes from him would be associated with his name. And so this Goel, Leveret husband, must be willing and able to pay the redemption price. And those are the two critical words, must be willing and able. All right. Thank you for bearing with me in that explanation. Now let's get back to the story. The morning comes, and Boaz gets to the gate And that man who is closer than him comes walking by, and he says, friend, sit down here. And then there's ten of the elders of of the town of Bethlehem, and he says, you, sit down there, and that's the signal. Something public is about to happen. And Boaz goes to work, and he says to that closer redeemer, Naomi has come back from Moab, She's selling the parcel of land that belonged to our relative Elimelech, and I thought I would tell you of it, and give you the opportunity to buy it in the presence here of all the people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not, tell me that I may know, for there's no one besides you to redeem it, and I come after you. The guy knows that Elimelech's land is good land, and he says, I will redeem it. Now, Boaz starts this transaction, one commentator says, in an almost passionless way. It's straightforward, and that's actually surprising to us who were here last week because we know he is very excited about the possibility of acquiring the land, but even more, acquiring uh, the widow Ruth into his family. And he's He's just all business right here. Why is that? I think it's because he knows, initially, this guy's going to say, what a deal, this is a great deal. All I have to do is take care of this old lady for a couple of years, and then after she dies, the land will be mine. That is a good, that is a good investment. I will redeem it. And then Boaz says, but there's a cat. Verse 5, by the way, the day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you also acquire Ruth the Moabite, the widow of the dead, in order to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance. And the deal now requires the marriage to Ruth. And this guy is seeing his stock go down. Or he's seeing the value of the property depreciate because it's one thing to take care of an old lady for a couple of years. But now, if he must marry Ruth and likely produce progeny from her, he must support Ruth and Naomi for the rest of their lives and any children who come along. And when those children grow up, they actually get the land of Elimelech and not the Redeemer. And suddenly the guy says, Whoa, he's not so ready. To do this. And what is the result? Well you heard it in the reading of the scripture. The guy says in verse 8 buy it for yourself and he takes off his sandal there's other passages about the taking off of the sandal it's so interesting but he takes off his sandal and then Boaz executes the transaction and he says this day I have for myself all that belong to the line of Elimelech And I have taken Ruth, the Moabite, to be my wife. You are witnesses. And Boaz is a man of honor here. He gives this other man his shot, and he does it rightly, even as much as he is, I believe, passionate for Ruth. He said it last week. We talked about this. He says, if he will redeem, so he will. He is an honorable man. He He was even willing to walk away, from love, in order to do the right thing. What an example for us Boaz is. He's committed to doing the right thing. But he knows, he knows that though this is a sacrifice to me, it will be worth it all. And he negotiates the deal. But my friends, the benefactor here is not Boaz, but it is Ruth and her mother-in-law Naomi. Naomi. And I wonder, as we've gone through this, if we have sufficiently laid out for you the struggle and the difficulty and the desperation of their situation. Because, my friends, all through this book there is death. There is death all around them. They are in the land of Moab that is cut off from fellowship with God. That is spiritual death In Moab, and then Elimelech dies, then Machlon dies, then Kilion dies. There are three dead husbands. And that is tragic. But the tragedy is amplified, for there are no children to carry on the line. And that means the end of life from Elimelech. And that is a type of death. And certainly it's a picture in the Old Testament of judgment falling on Elimelech's line. No more life from there. And that that judgment of death then hangs over Ruth and Naomi. And the specter of physical death follows them as she gleans in the field after the reapers come, desperate to find some grain here, some grain there, to give to her mother-in-law and to feed her hungry belly. There is death Pursuing them. Do you understand how desperate their situation is? But this day, God has provided a Redeemer, a Savior. And what will this Redeemer do? You know what he will do? He will reverse the curse. He will turn back the curse. He will love them with what we described as chesed love, that marvelous Hebrew word chesed. It means loving kindness and mercy. It means faithfulness. It means devotion. Chesed love. And this will mean marriage to Ruth. And while this relationship between levirate marriage, and redemption is not all that clear, now we know he will support Ruth for the rest of her life and her children. And her children will get their dead father, their dead uh, ancestor's name, not his. And they will have the land. And loving kindness that flows from the heart of God, kessed love from the heart of God, flows through Boaz to Ruth and to Naomi. And he will lavishly, bless them, and will become the bridegroom and bring to her new life. And I think you know where I'm going with this. Because the real story behind this book is not about Boaz and Ruth. The real love story is about whom? Oh, yes. Ruth and Naomi experienced the love of the Lord through Boaz. But what we have in this book and in this passage in particular is a picture of Christ's redeeming love to you and to me. Oh, my friends. In the North Shore Community Church, we love God's Word. We love the Old Testament. But I want you to know, if you're half awake, one-third of the time... You know that every page of the Old Testament is pregnant with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we relish learning of Him together in every psalm and in every prophecy and in every law and every part of the Bible. St. Augustine said, the new is in the old concealed and the old is in the new revealed. Hundreds of examples of those Old Testament people, Old Testament rituals, Old Testament events that blossom in the New Testament to teach us of our Savior Jesus Christ. Okay? Whenever you read about the Exodus, that mighty deliverance out of Egypt... Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, that is a picture of our salvation, deliverance that we could not win for ourselves. Every time you read of Adam, the first Adam in Genesis, you learn, Paul says, that he is portraying for us, hinting a foreshadow of us, for us, of the second Adam, who stood where the first Adam fell. You see, my friends, that he, they actually use a very interesting Greek word. It's the word tupos or typos. And we get the English word type. Every event and every ritual and every person of the Old Testament in some fashion is a type of the person or the work of Jesus Christ. And one of the most important types in the whole Bible is that of the kinsman redeemer. Okay? The Kinsman Redeemer. We read this passage and we see that the real love story behind this book is about the love of God for his people in the great Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Think about this with me. What do we see here? Isaac Watts writes in the hymn Joy to the World, which we will sing multiple times in the next couple of weeks. He writes, He comes to make His blessings flow. How far? Far as the curse is found. That's what Jesus does. And this is what Boaz does when He reverses the curse in their life. His one commentary, Ian Duguid, he gets it right when he says, Jesus Christ perfectly fulfills all the things that are required for someone who lives as a kinsman redeemer. How so? The kinsman-redeemer must be related in flesh. And Jesus left the glory of heaven and took on flesh so that he could be our kinsman-redeemer. And through his incarnation, he could provide the blood relationship. We are told in Hebrews, Jesus is our elder brother. Right? And is he willing and able to pay the redemption price? What do you think? What do you know? You've got to be willing first, and then you need to be able. Second, oh, my friends, it's all through the New Testament. And Paul, at the beginning of the book of Ephesians, exalts in Ephesians 1. He says, through Him we have redemption by His blood. Was he willing to pay the price? He leaves the glories of heaven. Was he able to pay the price? The price, Peter tells us, is not silver or gold, but you were redeemed, there's that word, you were redeemed through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And so Titus, we are told as Paul writes to young Titus, he writes of Jesus who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession Oh, my friends, I'm so grateful that we read earlier from Revelation chapter 5. That chapter reveals for us the pinnacle of praise to the ascended Jesus at the right hand of the Father. And in chapter 5, when, when the, the, the veil of heaven is opened up to John the Apostle and he hears the worship of heaven, what do they sing about? You know it, verse 9. And they sang a new song, saying, Listen, can you hear it? Has God given you ears to hear? They sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Oh, my friends. It pulses through the New Testament. What pulses through the book of Ruth? Who is the one who brings life out of death? Who is the one who feeds the hungry? Jesus raises the dead, and He not only feeds the 5,000, but He goes on to say, I am the bread of life, and whoever believes in Me shall never be hungry. Whoever believes in Me shall never thirst. Boaz gives her a pile of grain on that dark night, and and He saves her from starvation, but Jesus feeds us with bread from heaven who reverses the curse By becoming cursed. Jesus, as darkness falls over the land. And the Father turns His face away. As Jesus hangs on the cross. Do you understand? He is being cursed. With the wages of sin. The Bible says, don't miss this. The wages of sin is what? Death. And your Savior will reverse the curse in your life by becoming cursed for you. And with your blood, you purchased men for God. And my friends, when we come to the surprising ending of the book next week, we learned that this story actually is not merely a love story about God providing a solution to the poverty of certain individuals, but we will see at the climax of this story, please come back next week, bring your friends, we we will see that God is paving the way for a king, for a king who will come into this world in chesed, faithful love to Israel, I just ask you today, do you know this love of God? Have you responded to the love of the one who's pursuing you? Have you heard the voice of the one who says, come to me, you who are weary, heavy laden. I will give you rest. If you do, we saw last week, that will be scandalous. It'll be scandalous. Your neighbors, your colleagues at work, family members, they'll scratch their head. They'll call you a Jesus freak. But He's touching you. He's awakening you. He's calling you. And what can you do? You say to your colleague or your friend or your mother or your, or your children, you say to them, I love Him. I love Him. I can't. Turn away from him. Maybe you're here and you say, you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. And this is why Naomi and Ruth are our friends. Because they have nothing to offer Boaz. They really don't. And this is the grace of Jesus Christ who loves us when we have nothing but our own hearts to offer Him. When you do, others will experience Christ's redeeming love through you. And as He loves Ruth, the blessing flows to Naomi. And there are Naomis in your life and the blessing of Jesus Christ, your bridegroom, comes to you, the blessing flows through you to others. This is, this is just gorgeous. In John 20, verse 21, Jesus says to his disciples, As the Father sent me, so I send you. And I ask the question, Who do you know? Who do you know who's who's laboring under the weight of guilt and sin? People who have messed up in their lives and they wonder, how can I fix it? Can you tell them you can't fix it? But I know someone who fixes us. Who do you know who's laboring under the pain of hopelessness? Who do you know who is distressed by the injustice and evil in this world. Who do you know who needs new life? God has put them in your path. We are not better than any other person. We are all like Ruth and Naomi. But we must tell people about Jesus Christ, who has come to pay for sin. You know a sinner? Tell them good news. There's forgiveness in Jesus. You know someone who's hopeless? Tell them of he who is called the hope of the world. Do you know someone who's wrestling with injustice and evil and it upsets them in their heart of hearts? Tell them of the one who is just and pure and who took injustice and evil upon himself so that he might make all things new one day. And for someone who needs a new life, tell them of the Redeemer, Jesus. God's own Son, Precious, Lamb of God, Messiah, Holy One. We become like Boaz. Oh, friends, there are wandering sheep out there who still need to hear this love story of the Father through the Redeemer, caring for His people. And I want to close with this in the fourth point. The end of our passage today has the women of the town of Bethlehem coming together as a choir. And I love this. Verses 13 and 14. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And he went into her, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son there in Bethlehem. And the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a Redeemer. May his name be renowned in Israel. And they are filled with enthusiasm, and they say, Blessed be Boaz. No. What do they say? Here, the women of Bethlehem become the church through the ages. Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Lord. And we sing that song, don't we? Blessed be the Lord when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We love that song. And that next verse, it says, Blessed be the Lord when I'm found in the desert place, when I'm lost in the wilderness, yet my heart will say what? North Shore Community Church, we disciple each other. Whether we are rich or poor, struggling, healthy or sick, we still say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Why? Because of the very next phrase of that verse. They say to Ruth and Naomi, for he has not left you this day without a redeemer. And we say to each other, friend, He has not left us without a Redeemer, but He has sent the great kinsman Redeemer, Jesus Christ. We are not left without a Redeemer. Jesus is ours. And He is what the Bible calls the desire of nations. And their hearts are passionate then that now Boaz, who will be the father of the father of the father of the king, who will be the the father of the father of the father of the father, of the King of Kings. May His name be famous so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue in heaven and on earth and under the earth and all that is in them, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In this Christmas season, make every opportunity find every opportunity to make his name famous. Will we do that? And speak of the hope and the life, the forgiveness, the blessing that is ours in him. Let's make his name famous. Let us pray. Oh, our Father, today, we thank you that we are with Ruth and Naomi, penniless, surrounded Though we were by death dead in our trespasses and sins, the Bible says. Wonder of wonders, you make us alive through Jesus Christ. As you reverse the curse, you are the Lord, the famous one, the famous one. May your name be glorious in all the earth. Amen. I've asked Michael. If he would help you and me to desire to make his name famous.